Hello and welcome to the Financial Classroom with Will, Tim, and Jules, where three friends believe that the American dream is built by living within your means. Listen as we discuss how to build wealth, live frugally, and attack life with a financial plan. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Financial Classroom. You're listening to episode 26. Today we spoke to Randy, who is a legacy coach. It was awesome talking to him. We talked about why in terms of finding your why in finances and why it's so important to find your why in general in life. Yeah, it was really great talking with Randy. He was able to tell us a little bit about his own experience with finding his own why. He was able to give us a little bit of insight into how he approaches his business as a legacy coach and his clients, teaching them what makes a good why, what doesn't make a good why, and why you should find your why, really. For any of our listeners out there who are struggling with staying consistent or it's hard to come up with an action plan, I think you'll really get a lot from this episode because we don't talk about how to do things. We talk about the reason behind exactly why you're doing it. And yeah, you know, I hope you get a lot out of it and um, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure, Jules. And for listeners out there, if you want, feel free to subscribe to us or like Jules says, leave us a review, but on our various podcast platform or check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We also have a Facebook group also, uh, Financial Classroom Canada. And if you have a question, email us at financialclassroom@gmail.com. Or if you want to be on or just have any financial questions, feel free to give us a shout. Other than that, thank you and hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today we are talking to Randy, who is a financial coach. Randy lives in Regina, Saskatchewan. Randy, thanks so much for coming on today. Would you just like to start off by kind of talking about a little bit of yourself and kind of what you do and why you are focused on finances? Sure. So I'm actually a, a legacy coach. There's a slight difference and we just want to, you know, make that clear, but that's all good. So I'm a legacy coach. I really like to teach people how to win in their finances by building discipline and by just helping them. Usually it's a debt problem. So I help them get out of debt, get on solid ground with their finances, and then help them actually build a legacy for them and their family. Hence the slight difference with the financial coach versus legacy coach. Cool. And can you tell us just a little bit about your financial journey Anything from how your parents were with finances? Was that something that you guys talked about in the household at all, all the way up to where you are now? Sure. So I can say for sure that my parents were definitely quite savvy with their finances because they had to be. There wasn't a lot of money left over. My dad was the only income in the home. He was a pastor. And so basically he was making essentially minimum wage with all the hours he was working. And like my mom had three kids at home, had to take care of all three of us kids. We were a year apart from each other. So it was like finances were really, really tight. And so my dad really didn't believe in debt. His dad didn't believe in debt. And so he just, you know, like they worked a little bit extra when they could. They cut back on everything they possibly can. 
And, you know, with three kids, that's got to be tough. So I learned a lot from them. And just kind of like looking back, it's amazing how they've actually made it through. And then on top of all that, like my parents were giving too in this time. So they're making minimum wage, raising three kids and being able to still give at the end of it because they felt called to do so. So it's absolutely incredible what they did. And so I can definitely say that they are, they taught me the basics of budgeting. They taught me to stay out of debt, all that stuff. I didn't listen because, you know, I'm a good kid. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like definitely they started the basics of budgeting, which would be the envelope system. So we all had a pet that we had to take care of and feed and pay for. We all had to uh, giving envelope. We all had a savings envelope. We all had like a food envelope, all this kind of stuff. And we would put money into from our allowance. And then we basically, that's all we had to spend, right? So they taught us the basics of that. And then as I got older, I started in my mind doing a comparison game. So I would compare to everyone else around me and even my brothers who were in jobs that paid really, really well. And they were being able to buy anything they really wanted to. And I was sitting here not being able to do that. And so I felt like, oh, well, that's no problem. I'll just put on payments. And so that's eventually what I did. I bought a brand new car to just kind of keep up with the Joneses or whatever and, and, you know, make myself look better than what I was, I guess. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I fell off the wagon. And after that, I went through like a spiral of like going from job to job and not having anything in savings. So it really woke me up to the fact that I needed some financial help. And then what ended up that doing is I sat down with someone and they basically threw some stats at me that like Canadians are spending a dollar 47 and they're only making a dollar. And I mean, that's only going up because of right now. Right. And so that kind of shook me and I kind of just woke something up inside me that said like, we need help. Like we need help. And I can't help other people unless I help myself first. And so I'm sure you all have heard of Dave Ramsey. So I got on Dave Ramsey's plan, got myself out of debt, sold that vehicle. And now I'm in a place where I can actually help people do what I did. Right. So, yeah. I really like that. I like that, you know, you come from a family, they taught you how to be a good steward of your money. And like you said, you were a great child, so you totally negated yeah. the point. <laughs> um, and then at some point, you kind of hit rock bottom with going from job to job. You found out, you know, what, what we're all spending or what a society is spending $1.47 and making a dollar. So is that kind of like your light bulb moment? You have like your why of what you're doing now. Can you tell us a little bit about your why and why it's important for everyone to have a why? Sure, absolutely. So my big why, which I kind of had before, like the finances were, I just didn't really know what it was, was difference making. So whatever I do, I am there to make a difference. So whatever job I'm doing, whatever volunteer situation I'm in, whatever I'm doing, I have to make a difference in that area, right? If if I'm there for an hour, doing something, even if I don't want to do it, 
I'm there for an hour. Like, let's make something do. So I'm always making a difference. That's what I want to do. And so that's my big why. And so then when it comes to the financial side of it, that's what really woke me up. The light bulb moment was in the financial world. Like I can actually help people with this. I've struggled myself and I'm not saying like I have this journey where I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and I got out of it in six months or less or anything like that. Like that's not my journey, but I know how it feels and I want to make a difference in that field. So yeah, that was definitely a light bulb moment for me and definitely sharpened what my why looked like and just translated into the area of finance from my big why that I had before. So Awesome, Randy. So as a financial, as a legacy coach, is that what you call yourself? A legacy coach? Yeah, legacy coach. Yeah, okay, bet. so obviously you, you have clients and you have people that come to you for help with their money and you try to help them and assist them in whatever way you can. And a lot of times, so for myself, for Tim and I know for Jules too, there's a reason why we focus our finances. And so for me and I guess all three of us in, in a way, We've talked about FI ourselves, achieving financial independence. We've talked about, you know, being able to provide for the family and be stress-free, things like that. And so a lot of clients that come to you, I'm guessing a lot of them struggle with finances to begin with or don't have a good grasp about finances. That's why maybe they're coming to you. I could be wrong on that for sure. But how do you find or how do you get them to find their why? Is there something that you do to get them to achieve that goal or what is something that you've been doing with your clients? Sure. Like it's pretty basic what I, what I end up doing because I'm all about taking small steps, right? If I can get them to take the first small step, that's winning and that will get them to the next step and keep building off of that. Right? So the first question I ask them is if nothing was holding them back, what would they want to do? right? Like in 10 years from now, what would you want to do? Where would you want to be? Would you want to be, you know, on a cruise ship? Like, would you want to own a business? Would you want to do this? And then I just get them kind of dreaming a bit, right? Dreaming about what they actually want to do if nothing was holding them back. And then from there, they go, I really want to retire wealthy. And then you go, okay, like, that's part of your why, like that's a start, right? Like that, that's your first step forward. So how are we going to get there? Because we start with our why, then we figure out how we, we're going to get to that why. And then, yeah, like we just keep moving forward like that, right? So. And can you talk a little bit about what makes a good why or what makes a bad why even? If you're making a dream about what you want for the future, I guess, yeah, what's a good why to have and what's a bad why to have? A bad why to have is something that's quite generic, right? Something that is really achievable for anyone. Like a why has to stretch you. It has to be something that keeps you up at night. It has to be something that is just bigger than who you are now. Because if it's a why like, oh yeah, I really want to go to the store tomorrow. Well, anyone can do that, right? It's it's so simple. Anyone can do that. So it really has to like stretch you. It's really, it's got to be that next level, right? Like 
I want to make a difference in the financial field. I want to see people prosper in their finances. Like that's a big why. And I'm reaching for that every single day. And Randy, when we were talking to you before, you said the bigger why you have, the greater chance you have to succeed. Can you share with our listeners what you mean by that? I think maybe you already did a little bit, but be more specific. You know, if I'm a listener, I'm listening, thinking like, okay, I, I don't know what my why should be. Like, how do you gauge it? How do you know if it's big enough why? Does it make you have a... I've had it moment. Does it fire you up so much that you're not focused on the obstacles ahead of you? You're focused on past those obstacles. So for instance, uh, let's just bring this back a little bit and let's talk about comfort zones. Mm -hmm. When we're in our comfort zones, we're stuck in our comfort zones, not because they're comfortable, but because they're more comfortable and less risky than like what's outside of our comfort zones. And so we need to figure out a way to break out of our comfort zones with that. And sometimes that is actually, well, okay, let's, let's look at it from someone who is really has a low income, really struggling with debt, has nothing saved and is just really struggling to get anywhere in their finances. And like one emergency can can click, right? One emergency can make them go, I've had it, have that I've had it moment. I'm getting out of debt. I'm changing my family tree. I'm not living this way anymore. I'm going to get out of debt. And that just like fires them up. It doesn't care. They don't care what their income is at that point in time. They don't care what it's going to take. They are ready to go and they're willing to do anything to get there. I see that often. I've talked to, you know, a few friends and colleagues where they're in debt, they're struggling, and they ask me what they can do for to get out of this, and I make some suggestions, and it's almost like they're like, "Well, I don't want to do that." You know, it's like it's so yeah. uncomfortable for them to sell their their really nice car or to you know, get rid of that clothing budget because we love to shop, you know, what, how do you um, guide people into that? Or do you just say, come back to me when you're ready? I mean, some people just aren't ready. Some people aren't really ready to accept that they need to change, right? Like that's just as simple as it is, but yeah, you can definitely, like, there are some things that I try just to kind of coax them through it. And that's basically, I'm starting with just the questions of like, what keeps you up at night? Because no matter who you are, something is keeping you up at night, right? Like something is. And if they can tell you what that is, and then you can be like, well, what would you do to change that, right? Like it's just a couple probing questions that can get them to think, oh, well, I might be able to do this. Now, some people are still, see, that's the thing. Comfort zones are so, so hard to break out of sometimes that they're not going to really listen to you. And they might over time, but they might not, right? So I think, Randy, what you talk about and Jules talked about the little why, I think that's actually super important too. Um, Because for example, like I have a buddy who had a kid and they realized that they have a lot of debt and they couldn't fund an RESP. And so that was like the trigger and Mm. 
the why kind of like the small why trigger, like, Oh, we want to fund our children's future education. And that kind of made the switch. And then that small why of the kid, maybe it's not small, but eventually turning to a bigger why of, Oh, okay. Cause you, you start going down these rabbit holes and these trails and you learn, okay, how do we get out of debt? And then they learn, okay, well, we need to do these certain things. And then soon they learn about investing because you go from that little understanding of how do I fund my kids' education to turning into, we need to first get out of debt so we can fund their education because we got no income coming in. And then to later going down, you know, investing and then turning into a bigger and bigger thing. And I think for all of us, like every single one of us here that's talking and all the listeners that are into finances or, or very successful with finances, I think all of us started at one point where, for example, for me, I graduated and I bought a brand new truck, just like you did make the mistake of buying a brand new vehicle at the time. And, but it's just like slowly realizing, okay, like I could do something better with this and then turning that into something bigger and then slowly doing more research and more research. And then eventually yeah. all of a sudden, one day you wake up, you know, this much more about finances and it's uh, I think it's super cool. So I think the why is so important. And I think that's why we're so focused on it today with this episode. One thing I would just like kind of add to that is just simply that we have our big why, but then we also have our trigger wise, like our smaller whys in different areas of our lives that kind of keep us going. Right. And it's all about a bunch of small disciplines over time will create big results. Right. We all know this. We all can understand this. This is the same with your why. Right. Like it almost keeps growing as you go. It keeps changing, keeps adapting as you go, but it's the same. It's centered around the same um, focus, right? Like difference making for me. It's the big why, but then in different areas, it's all around there. And then you just keep moving up and up and up, right? So. Yeah, definitely. And I think we all grow and change as people as you know, just different circumstances come our way as people have kids, as people get married, as we find new hobbies, new interests. But yeah, definitely as we grow, we're still always going to have a why. That Mm -hmm. why might change a little bit. It might mean that, oh, hey, actually, you know, now I want to retire earlier and save more so that I can spend more time with my kids. Or it might be, actually, I feel like I can't spend enough time with my family right now. And I just need to change something, whether it's getting a higher income job or whether it's slowing things down. And maybe it means retiring another five years later. But I love that you pointed that out, that we all have a why that can change just as we go through life. But it's important through that to always have a why. Hey guys, are you tired of having money in your savings account and collecting minimal interest? Yeah, you got anything that you can suggest? As a matter of fact, I do. EQ's Bank Savings Plus account has an everyday interest rate of 1.5%, a perfect place to keep your emergency fund without the risk and guarantee return. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I heard they also have the flexibility of a checking account for everyday banking, such as paying for bills and transferring money. That's right, Tim. And to top it all off, EQ Bank offers free transfers and free transactions when you need to move your money around. Sign up today with EQ Banks using the link found in the show notes and on our social media bios. I really like how you said that you have like little whys and then you have your big why. And I'm just going to tell like a little analogy right now. And it's um, 
my coach years ago had told this and it's like making small habits. And they're like, if you have a one acre lot of a forest and you have to cut down all the trees, like if I said, okay, cut down all those trees today, it's physically impossible. Like you won't do it. You'll kill yourself trying to do it. But if Mm -hmm. I say, okay, cut down, like make a few cuts every single day and you won't break your back doing it. You won't even probably break a sweat doing it. But after a year or two years, you'll have it all cleared out. You've had great, great habits. And that one acre lot will be bare for whatever you need it to be there for. But it's basically, <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> but it basically just, it's like creating those small steps or that small little why. You do one little piece at a time and eventually you'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. And like having that big why, I actually, I love this quote. It's from um, John O'Leary. And he says, when you understand your why, you can endure anyhow. So mm-hmm. I like, like that it's absolutely amazing if you actually like really just let the quote sink in for itself but yeah like if we get clear enough on our why we we can endure anything like we'll break down walls with our bare fists if we have to like it just is such a motivating tool to get you to the next step and that basically answers the question you know how do you turn like a small moment of inspiration with that why into a long-term sustainable habit creating why and that would be just it right like get your why powerful enough and you can endure anything yeah absolutely and keep building disciplines well one thing if you build like a couple disciplines more coming right like that's just how discipline works you don't just do one discipline and well some people do but for the most part people don't just build one discipline and quit there one discipline will lead to another, will lead to another, will lead to another. And then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Even for myself, like a year and a half ago, I started going to the gym and I found that when I started doing that, I was also able to be more disciplined in what I was eating because I knew that nutrition is a really important part of, you know, seeing the effects of the gym or I became more disciplined in being able to get up in the morning or things like that. No, um, like going to the gym is actually one of my favorite analogies when it comes to creating discipline, because people understand it, right? They, they understand that you're the gym junkie going to the gym for them is not just about going to the gym. Like it's not just going to affect them at the gym. It spreads to all other areas of your life, right? It, it makes you have better sleeping habits. You sleep better at night. It it makes you eat better. It makes you want to eat better, all this kind of stuff. So that's a really good analogy. And I use that one all the time to really help people understand. They go, oh yeah, we know that gym junkie. Like we just know that person. Yeah. (laughs) They're like that. You've inspired me. I'm going to go work out after. (laughs) (laughs) And for people who's listening to this podcast uh, for for a while now, um, you would know that Tim... Yes, he's disciplined with his eating, but I was laughing in the background because this is the guy that eats Blizzard, like Dairy Queen, like... Everybody's got to live, man. Everybody's <laughs> got to live. That's Tim's non-negotiable. <laughs> exactly, yes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, Randy, regarding why, let's go back to the, to the topic of why. Sure. So we talked to a lot of six-figure millennials on the show. And we've talked to lots of them and throughout all of them, a lot of them 
The majority of them, I would say, I think are going towards or have gone towards the path of trying to achieve fi or fire as their why. And this is just from the people we've talked to. Okay. And a lot of them start accumulating this wealth and they get to this certain point and they're like, okay, well, now I could maybe achieve fi. And I know you're more into the getting people out of debt first and helping them get out of debt and like avoiding credit cards and building up the emergency fund, like the very basics of finances. That's what like you're mainly focused on. But so for the people who maybe are maybe further down that, or like people that you've seen, maybe some of your clients are further down the road. Have you seen a lot of that? Why resulting them trying to pursue FI or fire? Um, Because right now, a big part of why my wife and I, why we want to, continue to save at a high rate and things like that is because we want to achieve FI. And has that kind of transition? Have you seen that transition towards that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like when it comes to that, I'm basically teaching you the the foundation, right? And I believe if you start on a solid foundation, the sky's the limit, right? Like you can keep building up and up and up and you're going to be able to make it. So I definitely have seen when people like your why continues to grow, right? And so once you get your basics down, then you're looking for the next step. And it's very rare that like once people build that solid foundation that they're going back into debt, it's more Mm. rare that they're going to stay out of debt and still achieve higher, higher financial goals, right? So I have definitely seen that. Is there a specific question like around that? No, I'm just, I was just curious if people who have gotten out of debt, once they start seeing the the growth of their investments and seeing that, okay, I actually don't have to work for the rest of my life and I can actually retire earlier or live off my investments. And it's just the reason I ask that is because a lot of six-figure millennials who are already frugal, who gotten to the point that they are, they've seen the growth and they've kind of realized it just... I was just curious how your clients do because naturally I feel like a lot of them are going towards the FI path and they're using that as their why, as why they want to have a higher savings rate and why they want to continue to budget and continue to write down what their expenses and things like that. So I was just curious at how, if you see people transition to that next kind of period in their why cycle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a natural progression for a lot of people, especially when they're sold out on the fact that their finances are something that they need to solve or fix or build a legacy for their family. When they're sold out on that, that's definitely a next step for them, for sure. Andy, I have this um, quote on my wall and it says, don't let your ice cream melt while you're counting someone else's sprinkles. And it's basically another way to say, like, you stop looking what other people have, just focus on what you have. Don't keep up with the Joneses. And, you know, I think in society, you know, you probably see it all the time where we, we buy certain things, not because we necessarily need them. It's because we want them because it's what our neighbor has. How do you navigate that with your clients? And what would you say to them, you know, in regards to trying to keep up with the Joneses? So the first thing I tell them is they need to learn to stop comparing. 
because as soon as you compare, you become unsettled with what you currently have. You become uncontent. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, like when you become uncontent, you're you're just looking to go back into the comparison game. It's a vicious cycle because you continuously look because you're never going to keep up with the Joneses. And even if you are, lots of the Joneses are trying to keep up with the next Jones, right? Like it's, it's just everyone's trying to do this whole cycle. So we need to learn to stop comparing, start being content with what we have and actually build our own life, right? Like when we actually focus on our why, our life, our reason for living, instead of comparing to everyone else, we're going to be happier, really. Like we're going to be happier people. Mm -hmm. We're going to be more content with what we have. And honestly, we're going to achieve a lot more too. There's got to be a Bible verse or something that says that. I feel like it's like on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. (laughs) It's probably in Proverbs. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't memorized them all. Everyone but the one we're thinking of. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really common if somebody starts a new habit they're heading a new direction changing something significant in their life that along the way they'll maybe backtrack one or two times so have you had anybody come to you and say hey i know we're on this plan but i just bought a new car i just bought a kayak something along those lines i slipped i messed up how would you approach that? How would you encourage somebody to get back onto the path, I guess, back on track, back onto their budget and able to find their why again and really stick to it? That's really good. And I mean, depends on the person. I'm a very blunt person. So if you're, it depends on who you are, I'm going to call you an idiot. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, for other people, honestly, uh, this is my go-to line really with anyone. I've learned to become more soft-spoken when I speak on finances because it's such a heavy topic. So what I usually start with is saying something like, we all make mistakes. Like if you have a bank account, you've made some financial stupid, right? It's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. Like don't sit in this, keep moving forward, right? That's my first encouragement to them. Like, yeah, you made a mistake. Can you fix it? How are you going to fix it? right? Like, are you willing to fix it? Because if they're not willing to fix it, like some people will be like, oh yeah, I bought a truck. It was a terrible idea. Oh, well, then go sell it. Oh, well, I don't know. I need, I need the truck. And you're like, okay, you're really not willing to change your mistake, right? You've basically accepted that you're keeping that truck. And that's so true though, because I feel like all of us fall victim to that though, because even though you made a bad mistake, especially when you purchase something, but you're like, oh, but like, I have like attachment to this thing now. You know, it's yeah. like, I have like emotional attachment to this. Or it could just be inconvenience. Like how many times maybe you go into the grocery store and let's say you go home and you're like, oh man, I bought way too much groceries. Or like, oh, I have like five boxes of cereal and I actually don't need any more. And it's just like, oh, I don't want to return that. It's too inconvenient kind of. So like, those are like little things, obviously, but like something mm-hmm. like a truck, like, sometimes people have that emotional attachment to it already. Like maybe they already gave it a name or something. So 
Vehicles are my Achilles heel. I want a new vehicle so bad. I'm just every day. No, Julie, it's a bad idea. Nope, bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have Tim and I. Yeah, right, and, and Randy now too. Look at this. <laughs> Ganging up on me, telling me not to buy a new vehicle. <laughs> no, okay. So for listeners who are listening to this, we are not against new vehicles. No. Nothing wrong with new vehicles. It's just when the average car payment in America or in, in Canada is $700 or close to that range, you guys can, someone can look up the real stats if they I'm want, 25. but on Google. But when the average car payment is that high, if you invest that instead, like Jules has broken down the number before on this podcast, and yeah. you could be a millionaire down the road instead of trading in brand new vehicles year after year. So nothing wrong with new vehicles at all. If you can afford it, feel free, whatever. But investing it in the long haul, you will be so much better off down the road. Yeah, I, I think end of the day, you just have to be aware of what you want in life. And if you're already investing, buy a new vehicle. You know, if you can afford it, go for it. Or if you don't care about retiring early or having money in the bank when you retire, go for it, but just know what you're doing. And yeah. buying cash. That would be ideal. So Randy, listeners out there right now who are listening to a legacy coach who need advice from you, what is something or what is one message that you would say to the listeners that you will want them to hear that will maybe stick with them for even after they finish listening to this podcast? Find a reason to get up in the morning, like find something that motivates you, like something that that's big, something that you just find your why is what I would really say. You need to find your why because everything will follow after your why. You just have to go out and find it. Stay content. Stop comparing with others because small disciplines over time, you will win. If you start creating small disciplines and you continuously use those disciplines, you will win over time. Mm -hmm. And I love that because this is a perfect example for people out there who don't know Jules passed her mortgage exam test and she's now a mortgage broker. Yay. Congrats. Insert clapping noises. So, but like things like that, like finding your reasoning to get up in the morning, like for her, she studied and I know there's in between there, there's a fail on an exam there, but she never gave up and she continued on. And I think she texted Tim and I two days ago, maybe I think it was two days ago that she, she passed her test and it's just like getting to where she wants to be. You know, like when we first Mm -hmm. met her, when we first had her on the show originally, she was, it wasn't even on her mind at the time. And now here she is going for interviews and getting out there and doing something that she's going to enjoy and that she has passion about. So yeah. That's awesome. It's funny. I'm like taking a certified personal trainer course right now and I'm learning about muscular system, skeletal system, things like this. And I didn't give a crap about biology when I was, you know, in high school. (laughs) And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is super interesting. And I'm really glad I'm getting to know this stuff so I can understand how the body works so I can better understand how I can train myself, potentially train others. And it's super funny how just everything changes once you have that why, right? For myself in high school, I, I didn't care about fitness. 
But now that I care about fitness, now I'm actually caring about this other stuff that I didn't care about because it's relevant to me now. So I think it's kind of along the same lines with finances is that once you find your why, right, then you're actually going to care about it. If you have no goals, no aspirations, no dreams for your future, then finances really probably aren't going to be super relevant to you. Yeah, well, I would rephrase that a little bit. Like, it's not about having no aspirations for the future, but I think some people just literally just don't think of it. And it's not until they have that moment where they're like, oh, like I'm getting old. <laughs> I I will one day like to not work. And it's kind of that it's not ignorance is bliss, right? It's not like you're trying to be ignorant. It's just you don't know what you don't know. Like we always say on the show, money talk is taboo. And people either don't talk about it or they just ignore it because we're human beings. We don't like to talk about things that we don't know about, or we don't like to look at things that we don't know about. For example, me, I have zero interest in NASCAR or racing like around the track that they turn left nonstop. And so I don't, (laughs) I don't Google it. I don't YouTube it. I don't research it. Same with hockey. I don't, I don't watch hockey. Basketball is opposite. I research, I look at basketball, I do things that I'm interested in. So finance, most people aren't interested in finances. So most people don't dig into what investment is and how do you invest and what an ETF, a mutual fund, an index fund, or or what an alpha or beta is for an investment, things like that. Like people aren't interested in those things and they won't read into it. So I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, Randy. And thank you for sharing that. So that's super awesome. So yeah. Thanks for uh, coming on to the show today, Randy. It's always super cool getting to talk with people, but it's especially cool when we get to talk with people that we know personally as well and be able to, you know, just have a conversation. And I mean, obviously we're all nerds here. We just spent 30 minutes, 40 minutes talking about finances, (laughs) but for yourself, Tim. Yeah, you're a nerd too, Will. Uh, (laughs) Even nerds like to have fun, right? So we've got a game here for you. It's called Break the Piggy Bank. So how it works is we're going to ask you, if you were to pick five books that everybody in the world could have, everybody in the world would read, money is no object. You have all the money in the world to be able to give everybody these five books. Which five books would you choose? So the first book I would choose is Start With Why from Simon Sinek. It is fantastic. And the second one I would recommend is Take the Stairs from Roy Baden. That's a big discipline book. He's all about taking the stairs versus taking the elevator For the simplicity of finance, I would go Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover. And there's so many. (laughs) Uh, We knew you were a reader. That's why you picked this. this, Yeah. uh... (laughs) Well, here, let's do this one. And like, you know, in about a year's time, my book, Give, Live, Save. I think everyone should have that book. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah and then i'll just do two more because you know that was just uh an extra for everyone um shameless plug (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically nothing wrong with those (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the legacy journey that's also from dave ramsey that one's really good 
And let's go with the compound effect. The compound effect. Let's go with that one. Yes, that is such a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. So, so cool. start with why, take the stairs, give, live, save, total money makeover, legacy journey, and the compound effect. No particular order. I would just give them all. Read awesome. them all. And that will change everyone's life on earth is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, Randy, it's been super fun having you on. You are obviously very passionate about finances. You have multiple social media accounts. I think Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Are you on anything else? Those are my main ones, yeah. Yeah, and you're just one person. You're managing them yourself. So I guess, would you like to just kind of talk about your social media presence real quick and uh, what you do on there and just kind of let the listeners know where they can find you? Sure. So um, TikTok is all about like quick advice. I answer people's questions. I basically do, I ask people questions. I give like quick one minute conversations. Some of them are just stupid little videos, but they they all have a point to them. So enjoy the stupidity, but also look for the message behind the stupidity because <laughs> you will find it. That's my TikTok. I'm just going to say I follow Randy on TikTok. He posts some great content. So highly recommend that you guys follow him if you are interested in finance, personal finance. Awesome. Love that plug. <laughs> and then, yeah, for we're actually doing something really, really cool. Like I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram similar content a little different like vision with it but we're doing something really cool we have a website that we're working on and basically what it's going to allow you to do is it's going to allow you to open up an online portal within that website where it's going to be one-on-one coaching it's going to be different courses you can take of like me teaching another legacy coach teaching some random speakers from time to time and then you're going to be able to pick and choose which courses to take on so if you're really struggling with like savings we're going to have a savings course for you if you're really struggling with like navigating investments we're going to have investment course getting out of debt winning the war on debt we're definitely going to have one of those and you know just a simple basic discipline one we're going to have all those built out and then you just kind of pick and choose which courses you want to take or you can do a personal coaching option where currently it's it's me and another legacy coach that you'll get and and we'll just walk you through, do a deep dive into your personal finances and we'll just give you some tips and tricks and really get you on your way. So cool. So what's your what's your handle on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and TikTok? So TikTok is at financial hope. And then for Instagram and Facebook, it's finding financial hope. Awesome. And you mentioned too that you have a book that's in the process of coming out. Do you happen to have like a rough <laughs> estimate of when you think it may end up coming out? I'm projected that if I get my button gear, <laughs> that it should be this time next year. And you have a name selected for the book, right? Can you just... I do. Yeah. So so the book itself is called Give, Live, Save. The first three disciplines you need to win in your finances and in your life. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Randy. 
like I said before, it's always great being able to talk with friends and to be able to share our thoughts, to be able to learn from each other. And it's it's been great learning from you and getting to hear from your experience, especially as a professional helping people to find their why. And just the information that you've shared has been super valuable. And we really appreciate you coming on today. Well, I appreciate that because this is brand new for me. Never done this before. So I wasn't really sure how it was going to go, but glad to hear it. It was a pleasure having you. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, it was really great. Just talking about your why, like you said, it's so powerful. And I think if we all focused more on why we do the things we do, we really could get far, farther than just living passively and, and not being cognizant of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So for listeners out there, if you want to find Randy, check out his uh, finding financial hope on uh, various social media platforms. And again, Randy, thanks so much for coming on. I hope you continue to do what you do, continue to help people out and help them get out of debt and continue to spread the message. Cause like we always agree on this podcast is money needs to be talked about and Thank you so much for what you do. And yeah. Can we all say this together? This is how I end most of my TikToks. Keep going, keep winning. We're cheering for you. Can we say that together? Yeah. All right. Keep 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 going, going, keep keep winning. winning. We're We're cheering cheering for you. you. All right. There you go. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more episodes and financial tips, check out our Facebook page, The Financial Classroom. And if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on our various podcast platforms. Later.